Hey, thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard podcast. Here at Reveal, our mission is simple. Find God, find others, and find yourself. For more information, visit us online at revealvineyard.com. Today we have a special treat. Uh, One of the people that I uh, look up to and have the utmost respect for is uh, Emmanuel Qureshi. And is he around? Come on up. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, I worked with Emmanuel at uh, Vineyard North. Yeah, give him a round of applause. Uh, I worked with Emmanuel at Vineyard North for uh, numerous years. And around the same time uh, that we started Reveal, uh, Emmanuel got the call to go back to India uh, after being in the States for, what, 30 years? 33 years. Got the call to go back to India. He and his wife, Joyce, uh, went back not knowing anyone uh, just, uh, he would email about, he was doing prayer walks around neighborhoods, wondering like, all right, God, why am I here? And, uh, now several years later has a, a church that's going, uh, and we're going to be uh, going out there and partnering with them, uh, in what they do. Emmanuel is our contact for the, um, uh, school that we're trying to get up and running. He is our contact for the computer classes and the English classes and all that, uh, we do there. So, uh, I invite you to support Emmanuel and Joyce. Also, you can go online and you can uh, give through our online giving tab. It's just Aradna Vineyard, and you can uh, give to him. Uh, he is one of the people that I have extreme respect for, and I don't give that away lightly. So uh, if you would, give uh, Emmanuel a round of applause, please. Well, good morning, everyone, and it's a great joy and a pleasure for me to be here once again this morning. Uh, quite an honor for me, and uh, we just want to thank Pastor Marty and Sheila for this wonderful opportunity to be able to share with you this morning. And uh, we have known them for several years. They've been great friends to us. They always encourage us. We really appreciate their prayers and their support. And also very grateful to the Reveal Church, Reveal Vineyard, for your prayers and your support. And uh, your Angel Tree uh, outreach has brought a lot of joy to a lot of children in uh, HIV-positive community that we are working in and also in the low-income community that we are working. So just a little bit about us. Uh, it was about seven and a half years ago that my wife, Joyce, and I, we left for India after living here for 33 years. And uh, while we were in India, the Lord has allowed us to plant two churches, and we have two services. We have one service in one location in South Delhi in the morning. Our congregation is all very young people. The average age is 25 to 26 year old, and the Lord has given us the great honor and privilege to mentor them and to disciple them, raising people, raising leaders who are committed and who are lovers of Jesus Christ. In the evening, we go to another location. Uh, which is a low-income community or low-income neighborhood. And at this place, when we started, we started with us three kids. And uh, Joyce's heart, my wife Joyce's heart, was in doing some kind of children's ministry. And we started to see how we could do something. And uh, typically, when we move into a, a Hindu neighborhood, the people there are suspicious because they think that you're going to come and you're going to brainwash their children and them and you're going to try to convert them to become Christian. 
And so we wanted to start by serving, serving the community and started to look for the ways that we could serve them. And we found out that the children were very interested in working on the computer. They do have computers in their school, but they were not allowed to touch them because they were afraid that they will get broken. And so we bought three used computers and started to teach them basic computer class. And then we invited them to Sunday school in the evening. And we also started the spoken English class, and these kids started to come. And uh, we would teach them, we'll teach them some uh, Bible stories, we'll do the action song, and then we'll offer to pray at the end of the service. And if you have any need, if there's some crisis happening or whatever, we'll be glad to come and pray for you. And so they, there was initial hesit- hesitation, but they started to come, and, and God started to show up and started to answer prayers. And then I'm so happy to tell you that uh, today there are about 80 to 90 young kids, and they are just jam-packed in a small room worshiping God. And only those three or four of them are from Christian background. The rest of them are from other faiths, and it's just the doing of God. And we are just so excited. Just to tell you the work that the Lord is doing, at the end of the service, we will have at the exit door, uh, we'll have someone with some kind of snacks like chips or cookies uh, to distribute it to the kids as they're leaving. So we, at the end of the service, we announce, well, uh, we are done. You know, we pray a blessing, and you can leave and get your snack. But at the other end, we tell that we have a couple of people there. They'll be glad to pray for you if something is happening in your life that you need prayer for. And so typically there'd be about 10 to 15 kids lined up to receive prayer. And that just tells, you know, the, because, uh, you know, what the Lord is doing, because uh, you would imagine that these kids, they would just run for the snacks and be gone. But just to see every Sunday, you know, 10, 15, 12 kids just waiting to receive prayer is wonderful and awesome. We have seen what the Lord was doing there with these children. We started to do the same thing with the housewives in that neighborhood because the housewives are generally even not treated well by their own family. They look down at them. And we started the same thing. By then we had seven computers so we could uh, get 14 ladies to come and attend the class. And so at the end of the class we'll offer to pray for them And again, there was initial hesitation, but as we started to pray, the Lord started to show up. And this was six months course, and at the end of the course, they didn't want to leave the class. They wanted to keep coming back, and they kind of just requested us, you know, well, can you extend this course? And so we extended it to to a one-year course. And so there are a lot of God's stories that happened that, you know, I won't have time to go into them. But the Lord is doing wonderful things uh, back in, in, in Delhi. That's where we are at. We're also working with uh, uh, people who are HIV positive, with their children and all. There are a lot of challenges. It's not no longer easy to work uh, uh, and, uh, you know, do the preaching in open, openly, stuff like that. But uh, by the same token... Uh, there are several risks and there are several challenges, but those challenges are also our opportunities. So I've just prepared a brief video that will kind of give you a little glimpse into what we're doing. So if you'd run the video now, please. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, this is all God's doing. And uh, 
Joyce and I, we don't have any natural talent when we were left from here to go to India. We had no clue. We had few things in our mind, but none of them worked that way till, you know, we just completely surrendered to God and said, Lord, not our will. Let your will be done. So just thank the Lord for this. There's several, several God stories of lives being transformed and lives being touched and uh, the God's kingdom happening that, uh, you know, I wouldn't have enough time to share. would like to invite you whenever your team comes to India, please do come and see for yourself what the Lord is doing. So I want to thank the Lord and thank you again for your prayers and for your support. I do have a very short message that I'd like to share this morning that Lord has placed on my heart. But before we do that, could you join me in prayer? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We bless you. We worship you. Jesus, just come. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, have your way. Have your way. Come and walk with us, Lord. Holy Spirit, come and breathe upon us. Come, Holy Spirit. We give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning I want to just share with you about building intimacy with God. And as we know, today's life for most everyone has become so busy, it is so hard to keep up with the hectic pace of life. And one of our biggest challenges is to carve out time on a consistent basis to be alone with God. So one would ask, well, why is it so important to spend time alone with God? Let me just try to explain with an illustration. Think of the time when you were dating or when you have just got married. And so what were your feelings for each other at that time? And don't raise your hand, but the next question is then, after a few years, how many of you still have the same intensity of feelings or more for each other? And so those who feel that they have the same intensity of feeling or more, it is probably because you've been able to invest your time uh, into your relationship. But if you feel that the intensity of that feeling has gone down a little since that time, it is because perhaps that you have become too busy. And perhaps you're no longer able to invest that time into your relationship as you did before. The truth is that life happens and it will continue to happen. And if we are not careful, it will start to take toll on our relationship with each other, as well as with the Lord. And so relationships are like a beautiful garden. For the garden to keep looking good, it needs constant care of somebody to water it, somebody to take care of its soil. But just because the garden is looking beautiful right now, today, and we stop watering it or taking care of it, sooner or later it will start to wither away. Same is true of any relationship our natural relationship, as well as our relationship with the Lord. In the book of Revelation, the Lord expresses concern to the church about losing the first love and letting our love grow cold or lukewarm. Just like 
a healthy garden needs constant nurturing. Our relationship with the Lord, too, needs constant nurturing. So how can we nurture our relationship with the Lord? So let us see how Jesus did it. Jesus placed a high value on his relationship with the Father. Spending time alone with God was his top priority. In Mark 1.35, it says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. No matter how busy he was, he would always find time to go and be with the Heavenly Father. It was Jesus' habit and his lifestyle, going by himself to a quiet place to spend time alone with the Father. It is natural that the one that we love, we want to spend a lot of time with that person. In fact, when we are in love, it just kind of drives you crazy. And your love for your beloved kind of consumes you. You can't stop thinking of that person. It does not matter whether you're at work or you're at home or you're driving or whatever. All you can do is just think of that person day and night. Nothing else matters. So spending time together becomes a joy, not a drag. You look forward to and you will not compromise that time at any cost. It becomes a top priority in your life. Similarly, our relationship with Jesus is that of two lovers. Song of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 3 says, I am my lovers, and my lover is mine. Jesus calls us his beloved. He is our bridegroom, and we are his bride. He's the lover of our soul. He pursues us with his love. The Lord is jealous over us. The Bible says he rejoices over us. In Zephaniah, the third chapter, verse 17 says, he happily rejoices over you, renews you with his love, and celebrates over you with shouts of joy. And as I was reading, reading this, it reminded me of a story. I was a teacher, and I was teaching as a teacher, you know, how the desks are lined up. I was, uh, uh, they were doing some assignment, and I was walking between the desks. And it so happened that as I would pass by this desk, there was a gal that was sitting there. I think she must be about uh, 14, 15, 13, something like that. And I started to notice that uh, her fist was closed like this. And as soon as I will pass her, she'll open her fist and she'll look at it. And suddenly her face would just, you know, beam up, you know, just smile would come. She'll start to blush and everything. And, you know, there'd be gleam in her eyes. And I was wondering what is happening here. So I just kind of, you know, kept pacing up and down. And then kind of suddenly sneaked up on her because I wanted to see what's happening. And so she had her palm open, and in that was written her boyfriend's name. And, when, and so that's what she was doing. She would look just at the name of her boyfriend, and as soon as she would read, this joy would come, you know, that her face would start to blush, and, you know, there'd be just smile on her face. And as I thought of that, uh, the words from Isaiah came to me, from Isaiah 49, verse 16. See, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands, and your walls are ever before me. Just like the two lovers in that classroom brought joy to that gal, our Lord has engraved our name 
so it couldn't be raised on the palm of his hand so he could always take a look at it. So time alone with Jesus is a very special time. It is like the time between two lovers. He longs for us and we long for him. Spending time alone with God is intimacy. It's just you and him being captivated by his presence. And when we talk about his presence, we're talking about the very person of Jesus, not some kind of influence or some kind of feeling. Some people think of his presence as just some feeling or some influence. The problem with that is that in influence or the feeling, they, if you don't think of that, they can't, they're not a person. They cannot hug you. They cannot comfort you. They cannot take you in, the, in his arm. So when we say his presence is there, we mean that Jesus Christ himself, the lover of our soul, the very person of Jesus is right here. The same Jesus, not some distant Jesus that walked here 2,000 years, the same, the very same Jesus who went about doing good works, healing people, delivering people from oppression. His presence is the presence of the very same Jesus with us today, right now, in our midst. His presence invites us and we respond by saying, yes, Lord. He opens up his arms to embrace us and we rest in him. When he walks into a room, everything changes. Being in his presence satisfies us, gives us life. It gives us hope when we are in despair. It renews us. It revives us. It sets us free from all kinds of bondages and addictions. It also, at the same time, challenges our hearts and bring transformation in our life. I'm thinking of Jacob. I'm thinking of Saul who became Paul later on. We, get, we start to be consumed more and more by his love. And it is there that we find intimacy with him. The intimacy builds. So what is intimacy? It is encountering God, coming face to face with him. And so knowing God Allowing God to know us. So when, when we talk about the intimacy, intimacy is basically knowing God, coming face to face with him. But to me, it has two parts. One part is knowing God, seeking him, getting to know him. But the other part is opening ourselves to God, revealing ourselves to him, being vulnerable to him. Lord, here I am. Come and know me as I am. For a lot of us, the intimacy stops when we think, of knowing God, but we don't consider that he wants to know us too. And so, becoming completely vulnerable to him, becoming transparent to him, allowing God to look into the innermost part of our soul, revealing anything in our life that needs to be changed or let go. Intimacy is surrendering to God, saying, here we are, Lord, come and have your way. And in that place of becoming vulnerable, God provides for us, a place of security. We move from being a mere acquaintance to deep, intimate relationship, walking hand in hand, face to face with him, beholding his beauty. And so relationship with Jesus has to be a love relationship. If there is no love, then the relationship becomes just a legalistic or meaningless ritual. I'm thinking of example of two brides in India, the marriages are arranged a lot of time. 
And so think of two brides, and both of them are doing everything that they're supposed to do. But one bride is doing out of obligation because she wants to be a good bride. But the other bride is doing because she loves the bridegroom so much. We don't want to be serving God or doing things for him out of obligation because it is meaningless. We want to be doing it because we love him so much. So how deep a relationship we want with him depends on us. Just a shallow relationship or deep intimate relationship. How much premium we put on our relationship is entirely up to us. It reminds me of the story of Elijah and Elisha. You can find it in Second King, the second chapter. Elisha has seen the wonderful presence of God in Elijah's life and the anointing that he carried, and he wanted that. It became his first love. And so Elijah and Elisha, they were walking, and uh, there were 50 prophets that came and said, don't you know that Elijah is going to be taken up? And they knew that this is going to happen, and Elisha knew about that too. But these 50, uh, prof- 50 prophets decided, instead of following Elijah, just like Elisha was doing, that they're going to go and stand at the top of a mountain and look so that they have a better view of what is going to happen. But Elisha chose, because he was driven with it, he was deeply in love with the presence of God and wanted the double portion of that anointing. He kept following Elisha and would not be dissuaded. He kept following Elijah. And so both of them, those 50 prophets and Elisha, they have the same choices, but they have different priorities in their life. The choices that we make make a difference. Life is going to continue to happen and it is so easy to start to get drifted away. Other things may come and invade our lives and become more priority in our relationship. In the revelation while Jesus is complimenting the good work, he's also expressing concern about losing the first love or our relationship becoming lukewarm. And so lukewarm love is a stale love. It is no longer joyful or vibrant, refreshing or life-giving. It is not Lord-honoring or pleasing to God anymore. Love has to stay fresh and cannot go stale. It has to be new every morning. It's just like in the old time when people would have oil lamps for it to keep lit, there has to be a constant supply of oil. And that is what the presence of the Lord does in our life. So I'm going to just conclude with this uh, invitation. In Psalm 27, verse number 8, uh, this is a verse, this is taken from New Living Translation. Uh, it just really is a verse that I dearly love. It says, My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Can you imagine our Heavenly Father, our Daddy, our Lord? He says, Come and talk with me. He wants to talk. He wants to spend time with us. And then my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. And so my prayer this morning is, Lord Jesus, come, more of you. Remember that love 
that presence. His presence is the real Jesus, is the person of Jesus. And he wants to be with us. It's the story of two lovers deeply in love with each other. I long for him and he longs for me. And so, unless we keep like that uh, illustration of a garden, unless we keep watering the garden, unless we keep taking care of the soil, sooner or later that garden is going to wither up. And that is what the cry of my heart is, Lord. Come, come, Lord, come. Fill my life with your presence. In Holy Spirit, come and increase that love that nothing else would matter. Like Elisha, he would not be dissuaded. He so much wanted the presence of God and the double portion of his spirit. And so, let's all stand. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, like David says, come, Jesus, and search our hearts, Lord. Your word says that you are searching for those who would worship you, Lord, in truth and in spirit. And so, Lord, we just do not want to go through the motions, Lord. Lord, serving you without the love or doing things without the love that drives us, it just, without that love, it just becomes a legalistic, a ritual thing. Has no meaning to that. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, renew that love. Rekindle that love in us, Lord. Give us more and more of your love, Lord. Holy Spirit, just come and water that garden. Come, Jesus, have your way. The tenderness, the closeness, the fervency of the first love. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus, Pastor. today would you release us with a strong sense of your presence and would you speak to us throughout the week and would we hear and sense the goodness of God around us and maybe for some it's the first time in a long time or the first time ever that they would feel and sense and know and believe that you love them and embrace them and accept them ask this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Listen, today, uh, if anything resonated with you and you'd like someone to pray with you, we'll have some people down front that would love to spend a couple minutes uh, with you. I'll be down front as well and uh, would love to spend some time with you. Uh, would you be a self-feeder this week and would you seek out the things of God for you this week? And my promise to you, as James says, that when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. I bless you, reveal, in the name of Jesus.